Well, Nathan McIntosh has been on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Colbert, Conan, and all the other late-night shows. He's performed on uh, Just for Laughs so many times. And uh, Hailing from Canada, his debut album, I Wasn't Talking, was featured in Exclaim Magazine's Top 10 Hilariously Good Comedy Moments. And his TV show, Trapped, has gotten some great critical acclaim, and I'm hoping he can hook me up with some bootleg copies because I'm not on the network that can watch it. Uh, I, I love I love what I saw as far as the trailers. Um, he's one of my pr- favorite performers, and his special, Money Never Wakes, which came out just last week, already has over 27,000 views on it, which, which is very good for a YouTube debut. And it's also available as an album um, on all your streaming services. So that's pretty cool, too. Too. Let's bring him out right now. It's Nathan McIntosh. Nathan. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting. I was just waiting for you to have a drink in your hand. Well, yeah. I thought, I thought there might be like half more. Like I waited, right, to take a sip. And then I go, okay, I'll probably talk for another half a second. A sip, And that was the last time. Um, I thought, thanks so much for having me, man. This is great. Yeah, I really appreciate you being on the show. As I told you before we started taping, you're you're one of those comedians. You know, when you're a comedian, you don't get all that excited about going to see other comedians because you're you're really just studying instead of just enjoying yourself and having fun. And you're one of those guys that if you're if you're ever within like a hundred miles of me, I will make a trip to come see you because you're that mm-hmm. good. Um, well, you know, man, that really means a lot. Seriously. Like, I, I don't even know what to say to that except for, except for that. Yeah. That, that, that really means a lot. Thank you, man. I yeah. really appreciate that. So one of the things that I've noticed that, and, and I don't know if this is true or not, I feel like some people are just compelled to go on the stand up. It's just one of those things that you have to do. There's nothing else you can do. And you seem like one of those people. Is is that a true statement? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was kicked out of uh, many classes for talking. I was expelled from school for talking. Um, I'd be doing this if I had some. If I had a job, I would be the funny guy at that job. So uh-huh. yeah, there, there was there was not much else that was going to happen other than other than stand up. Yeah. And and when when exactly did you start? Like like when was the first time you got on stage and did a mic? Uh man, the first time I did a mic I was I was nineteen. Okay. But the, the first time I ever did stand- so I decided to start doing stand up at ten. I saw a wow. um Yeah, my mom always had stand up in the house. So the first thing that I ever saw was Sam Kinnison and I I loved him. I saw my mom watched uh Kinnison, Carlin, Dangerfield, um, stuff like that. So I, mm-hmm. I always, when I was a kid, I always just thought stand-up was the coolest thing ever. So I decided at 10, I'm going to do this. <laughs> stand-up, which is so stupid. And 10-year-old Nathan never helped adult Nathan again. Yeah. He decided to roll him into this insane life. But So the first time I ever did a mic was I was 19. But the first time I ever did stand up legitimately, I was 16 in a uh, in a drama class. Our, okay. our drama teacher 
had given us a list of things that we could prepare for a, for a presentation, a sketch, a play, a, a, a whatever. And one of the things was stand-up. So I wrote a few minutes of stand-up and uh, performed it in front of 12 people in my drama class. Um, but the, the, I, I gave, so she wanted to, I don't know why she wanted to do this, as if it was like a, like a one-man show or something. So she's like, give me your jokes. And if you forget where you are, say line and I will tell you where you are. Uh huh. So I would do a setup, man. And then I'd be like, I'd forget it all. I'd go line. And then she would, she would say the punchline and then I would have to repeat it. It was Ms. I'm fully bombed in front of these 12 people in my class to the point that I thought at that time at 16, I go, you know what? I'm not going to do stand up. I'm going to, I'm going to be an actor as if that's an easy thing to do. Like, yes. <laughs> um, but then the, the anyways, to answer, long winded answer here, but the, the first time I ever did a Mike, Mike, I was 19 years old in, in, uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, where I'm from. So thinking about doing that, Mike, and the mics you did like in the first year, how different are you as a performer and a writer than when you started? Oh, uh, pretty, pretty different. I, um, when I first started doing stand up, I, I decided that I was never going to swear. Uh-huh. I, I, I had a, I had a dress shirt. And I was like a little, like, so uh, when I was a kid, it, when I was in grade two and three, I was very like, yeah, me, quiet. I got to be on time. Yeah. And when I started doing stand up, that, that thing came back. So I was on stage in a, a little sweater and I was up, 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 up not swearing or anything. Uh-huh. Um, and then one day you just go, what am I doing? I, I, this is not who I am off stage. So I hope you're okay with this long way to dancers. That's exactly um, what I want. So my goal yeah. for this podcast and the reason why it's doing well is I don't talk much. So funny. Well, you know, cause I could just be like, how different are you? I'm different. Yeah. But then what, what does that do? What, yeah. what is that? So, uh, I will be as detailed as I can with every one of these answers, but um, I'm definitely different writing wise and all that sort of stuff than than when I started for sure. And there's things that I just don't even care to. I don't know, man. Adhere to at this point in time, or or, um, you know, again, when you first start doing comedy, everybody's like, "You got to work clean." I do, do, do you? I, yeah. I mean, it's. A, I get it. Yes. If you want to, if you want to own a Ferrari and drive it with another Ferrari. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Probably be in your best interest to be as clean as you possibly can and be as broad as you possibly can. But as far as like just doing comedy, you don't, you don't, you don't. Well, it's funny because, you know, I didn't, I didn't start stand up until I was 52 and. I had the same notion as you when I started. And some of it had to do with just the way I look. I look like some sort of a professor or Lex Luthor or something like that. And it it looks like I should be a clean guy on stage. And so I put together an act that was pretty good and pretty clean. And, uh, you know, I had this, you know, crisis uh, when I moved from South Bend to Huntsville. And I decided, you know what? It's not me. You know, I, you know, I, I swear a lot and I don't, yeah. and I don't, 
I don't get into sexual stuff or anything like that, but you know, I talk about, you know, um, uh, you know, weed and, um, and, and, and all the drugs I did when I was a kid and stuff like that. And, and those are good stories and, but they don't fit into my clean persona. And I'm also yeah. an angry boomer. I'm angry at my generation for fucking everything up for your generation and the ones after. So I want to insert some of that too. So I've completely changed what I do. Um, yeah. and it's, it's exactly like starting over. You know, it's, it, it's like, okay, I have to go back to open mics again and run this stuff because I don't have any timing. I don't, I don't know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. And so, mm -hmm. it's, and it's difficult. And I'm sure you probably went through that too when you decided, yeah. Hey, I'm just going to be me, but then you don't know how to present me. Uh, yeah, I used to go to these, um, shows in Toronto that didn't really have, they didn't really have any sort of, uh, um, they weren't mics necessarily. I guess you can call them mics, but there was a couple of people that would be there, but the, but there was no stakes at all. Mm -hmm. And I would go to these places and I would just say, I'd have a piece of paper. And instead of doing super written jokes at the time, I'd be like, well, what's, what's it, you know? What's the thing that's on my mind? I don't know. Uh, uh, bank cards. I don't know. Uh -huh. And I would go uh -huh. up and, and, um, talk. So I would, I would just try to be as much me as possible on a stage and then get back into the writing part of it. But I had to go up with, yeah, basically nothing and just try to be myself. And even mm -hmm. sometimes now, like, I find myself on stage. I'm like, Disney, what are we, what am I doing? What is this? What mm -hmm. the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, what am I doing? Yeah. So that, you know that that ever kind of, well, I think it does go away at some point in time, maybe, but, but I still find myself in that sometimes you're in certain rooms where you feel that you should be a certain way or blah, blah, blah. But the, the whole thing is such a fucking mind fuck. It is. It really is. <laughs> so when you get in those situations where you feel like you're not fitting the tone of the room or whatever, do you, do you just like do a switch right there and, and go into something else or you, do you call an audible? I mean, how do you, how do you handle things like that? I'll, I'll just address it sometimes. I'll just be like, guys, look, I get it. I walked up here doing this and this is not, I, I, I the vibe in here is terrible and I understand why and we're out of it. Like, I can't, I've done things before too where I'll go up and I'll go and it's more to get me in kind of the moment, but I'll go. Look, man, I go, nobody in here is liking me right now. And I think it's because of this jack. And I'll just take my jacket off and then do whatever. Or mm -hmm. I'll stop using the microphone. Something that puts me into the, that, uh, that, that being in the room and feeling what's going on. Because fuck, man, there's almost no worse feeling than standing up there and doing your bullshit and ain't working. But mm -hmm. you're like, I'm going to still do my bull for what? For yeah. who? Yeah. What? Yeah. Because we, feel that we do for whatever and then people will come off stage and be like these people suck they don't suck they don't suck yeah. you gave terrible vibe <laughs> the, the whole energy here was fucking brutal because you had it in your head that this is what stand up is this this rope like C to B bullshit yeah and I'm saying this again because I'm I've been guilty of this so many times and you just go get out of that get the fuck out of that and try to be uh, as much you as you can. And that might be with 
B2B stuff, but not not in the way that you presented it, not in the how you walked up, not in how you're addressing these people. None of that. Uh-huh. Now, you're well known enough that I would say in most cases, the audience knows what they're going to get with you. I mean, you're you're definitely a unique performer and they know what they're going to get. And I would say a good percentage of them are fans at this point, right? Uh, I mean, some places sometimes and then other times there's uh, people who have no have have no know anything. Mm -hmm. I'm just a guy screaming. And either they're in or they're not. But I do, I do try to get people. Like we were talking about, uh, 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 Grand Rap, uh-huh. Dr. Grit, uh, before we started. Yeah. I was there in December and I had a show. The Saturday late, I think there was like maybe 40 people in the room. Uh-huh. Not, it's very empty. And there was a lot of people. The vibe in there was just like late Saturday, fucking whatever. And uh, I just kind of went up and started talking. And you could feel feel that this side here really thought something else was going to be happening. They okay. they, they were like, "What? It, what?" And I had to keep addressing them to bring this this uh, this, this in and th- and them together because that was the type of show that if I would have went up with just material, it it would have been horrible. I had to you know involve people and bring people in and and, and try to connect with people, but uh. Anyways, again, another long-winded thing. But yeah. No, there are definitely a lot of people who show up um, and are like, "Oh, okay, I guess this is uh, this, this this is this is who this guy is." Right. Right. So you've got. It's funny that you said that you're you're going on stage now with just more ideas, and you don't have them fully written out sometimes. But it seems. You know, and, you know, I get it from listening to your albums and watching the specials, like the, the latest special. It seems like when you are at least taping that you put a lot of thought into the words that you say. And yeah, and, and I, I just want to give you an example. It's 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 from the special. It's when you're um, talking about college loans and and it's a very small part. But you said, um uh, I need money for a horse literature degree. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I snorted at that and, and mm-hmm. I can see like a million other things that you could put in there. I yeah. mean, did, did you try that with different phrases, um, and then come to the horse literature deg- degree or did that just come in your head while you're recording? I, uh, well, well, I do, I do write a, a, a lot. Uh-huh. What I was ta- what I was talking about at the time was, I would go up without really any sort of ideas so that I could try to find more of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I've been able to sort of do that, I do have uh, pretty written things. But yeah, the horse horse literature degree, I think I, 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 I wrote that. I was just trying to find something that would be as useless as possible. Yeah. Human, you know, a horse literature degree, honestly, might be more of a, might be, might be more helpful than a, than a fucking business degree. Yes. Because it's more niche, you know. Yeah. How many people know about horse literature? Yeah, and there's equestrians have a bunch of goddamn money. That might be a, that might be more of a thing to do than than um, definitely social sciences or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's funny because 
when you're a comedian and you watch this stuff through, so I, I have to make myself just enjoy it the first time yeah. through. And then I watch it back and take notes or whatever, just, just uh, at, at the funny stuff. And for some reason, that horse literature degree, it just seems like something that it, you had to put some thought into it to find the, the three words that were going to get the biggest laugh on that particular tag. Yeah, no, I definitely, the, 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 that, uh, there's a lot of writing in, in that, uh, in, in Money Never Wakes for sure. I had it in my head before the pandemic to do a special that was, uh, related to finance. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, after the pandemic, I was like, oh, well, I could still use a lot of this stuff because money doesn't really change too, too much. Mm. So, but no, yeah, man, I, I, there was, a, there's definitely a lot of writing involved in that. And then, um, but at the beginning, there might have just been thoughts. You know what I mean? I might have just walked on with whatever the fuck, some stupid thing about going to Mars or whatever and, and tried to talk it out and then piece it together from there. Now you've got about, I, I think that special is like pretty close to an hour. How, how much time do you have in putting everything that you put in the special in? Um, well, some of those things are from over the years and then there's stuff I wrote specifically for that special. Mm -hmm. So. There was a couple of things that I had for a while, but I didn't have anywhere to anything to do with them. Like the um, the uh, talking about cheering for your college sports team if you owe money to your college. Yeah, I I had thought of that when I first got to the states because Canada doesn't have that. We don't really there's not really big college sports things. We don't have you know huge football games on at nine p.m. on a Friday. I thought it was crazy. Yeah, was like well, it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um. And then I just thought, you know, again, cheering for a school that you owe money to is, is wildness. But so, but I, I had that thing a while ago, but I never had anything to do with it. Just sort of like, I don't know how many times I said it, not a ton, but I, I didn't have anything to, I didn't have anywhere to put it. So, um, I just, I just put together, you know, a lot of stuff that I had had about money from, mm -hmm. from over, you know, a bunch of time. And like I said, the, 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 me talking about um, the Rockefeller guy and how he had six heart transplants. Yes, yeah. that was I, that was fantastic. Thanks, man. I I wrote that specifically for this. I only uh -huh. did that joke like fucking four times, which is uh -huh. ridiculous. I, I but I wanted it for this thing. I had you know so uh, so um again. Long story short, my God, you got you got to There should be a, a a button that you can push that a, a hand will come out of my screen and hit me. Um, either, way, either way, there was a lot of, there was definitely a lot of writing involved in this thing. And how many times did you run it before you taped it? Um, the entire thing straight through, maybe, maybe once. Wow. But, but again, I've done some of the things uh, enough times and I would do a lot of sets in the city for, you know, 10, 15 minute sets. And I would just piece it together that way, you mm -hmm. know, to like the first 15 of it or whatever, and then work on stuff in the middle. But um, the entire thing, yeah, probably once or twice. Like I said, there's some stuff written specifically for that. The the the, the special itself, I made it uh, around 40 minutes. But when I did it, it was about 55, I think. And mm -hmm. the, 
And the, the album itself, I think, is, is around that, 53, 54. But I cut out stuff that didn't necessarily have to do with uh, finance. I really had it in my head that I was like, I'm going to make a thing all about finance. Uh-huh. So, so anyways, I probably ran it one time. Again, push the button with the... No, the, I, you're, the, you're, doing, you're doing great. Like I said, the less I talk, the better. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> now, wait, goddamn what? <laughs> now, a lot of a, a lot of comedians are are doing the uh, straight to YouTube specials. Was there a um, was there something that motivated motivated you to do it that way rather than pitch it to Amazon or something like that? Um, did you just want to put it straight out there, or you know what's What's the business reason to pop something right on YouTube? Um, for me, this thing was less of a business decision and more, I want to start putting things out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've, I've gone through the channels before and things take time and they might not be able to get done and, and, uh, whatever the case may be. So I, in all seriousness, I, I put all of the other stuff aside because people were like, why don't you pitch it to this? Why don't you pitch it to this? I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I literally just want to start putting things out so that I can continue to make more things. Mm-hmm. If I, there's a chance that maybe I go down the road and try to pitch this and I'm not a famous person. So they go, okay, two or three months from now, they, I find out this person doesn't want it. This person doesn't want it. And then maybe by that time I get, uh, depressed that nobody even wants it mm-hmm. so i go well why would i even put it out and then i hate the material anyway and i'm like no no stop get it nope we're making the fucking thing uh-huh. we're putting the fuck out so that i can work on the next fucking thing yeah it, it was less business and more me just like stressed out with myself um you know god man i've thrown away so much material over the years for zero reason nope nothing uh-huh Either I get sick of it or I did it on some obscure Canadian fucking TV show. It was watched by one moose and a goddamn hockey stick. And in my head, everybody saw it. I'm an idiot. So, so literally I, I, I business side be damned. I will not become rich off this fucking thing, but I don't care. Yeah. I'm happy that I made it. I'm happy that I, that I sat down and did the fucking thing and it's out and now I can. You know, tell people about it, make little clips from it, and all that sort of stuff, yeah. and uh, and mostly get this material out of my head so I can work on other other things, mm-hmm. the, 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 the stuff. The thing I really like about your special is there's there's no pretenses. I mean, it goes right into the special and mm-hmm. then right into credits afterwards. It's all it's all based on your show that night and the talent involved, and I. I really like that because some folks, they, they play around, they'll do a little skit before the, and, and I like some of those too. They'll do a little skit before and then they'll do outtakes and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I just liked how you just put it out there and said, you know, go for it, people. Just watch it. Well, that, I mean, that, uh, I don't want to say business decision, but that was a business decision in the, in the way that I think, I don't know. I don't know anything. It's just my own thought. Mm-hmm. You, I think on Netflix, okay, let's say you're a famous person. You're afforded a lot. Uh, if you're on Netflix or HBO or any of those type of things and you're not a famous person, you're still afforded a lot because 
Netflix, it's easier to have a, an intro because right. when you click on a, a, a Netflix video, that's it. That's the only thing on your screen. Right. And, and people are, are, you know, maybe they'll tune out, a, but, but there's nothing else for them to look at right now. Right. Mm-hmm. YouTube, your thing is sitting here with seven other videos. Yeah. Right here. Like the second you turn this on, why don't you check out this guy building a canoe? What about this mother back flipping into jello? What uh-huh. about this? So I just kind of thought, I'm going to just make it as quick as possible so that it's less of a chance that somebody can get the fuck out. If, uh-huh. if you, as a non-famous person, does somebody need to see me in a sketch where I get out of a car and tell me, hey, who are you? Yeah. I can't get the building. Who get? I just went. And I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not against those. And, and, um, I'm hoping to have them, you know, maybe one day on a thing that's when, again, when I'm afforded a little bit more time. But uh-huh. yes, I was like, nope, it's going right the fuck in. You know what? The, the, the joke that I opened with in the special is not how I opened up the album. Uh-huh. I put that in the front because it's quick. It sets up what I'm doing and we're going in. Get the fuck. One person messaged me about it. They go, buddy, where? No intro. You got no, there's no time. Yes. We're doing it. Yeah. Fucking going. That's it. Yeah. I find it refreshing. It's kind of funny because I was listening to it in the background while I was working this morning and it ended and I was still working. So somebody else's special came up and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say the name of it. I, I don't even know who he is. But it was so bad. I mean, he went, he was in, into rape jokes like, uh, three minutes in. And, yeah. and I'm like, wow. So if you like Nathan McIntosh, you might like this asshole. I, I, I don't <laughs> understand how, how the algorithm made that happen. Yeah. The fucking scary algorithm. Who knows? Yeah. It's special. Uh, it says it sees comedy special and then just, uh, oh, can I tell you this, Scott, real quick? Nobody really cares. I guess what I'm going to say to you, I didn't want to call this a comedy special. I wanted to call it a project. Uh-huh. It's all material about one thing, but I thought if I don't call it a special, random people who are covered in butter at home aren't going to know what the fuck is. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. And I've watched a lot of those intros as well. And again, not that I don't like them, but when you are on a machine that you can watch every single pornographic fucking image that's ever existed, there's no time for intros. Yes. Especially these three minute sketches where guys are just blowing themselves and talking about, (laughs) oh man, look at the crowd, the crowd. And people even come out. That's the other thing I noticed too. And again, this, I'm not against anyone. Great, do mm-hmm. it. But there's a lot of also people. I cut, I cut the, I cut my intro in terms of announcement. I cut my intro of me walking on stage. I cut all of that yeah. because I thought, who gives, who gives a fuck? Yeah, you know, but stage. Did you have to see me fucking get there? Yeah. <laughs> but again, on a on a different platform, I I uh, I I might not do that. But for YouTube specifically. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just so much stuff on there, man, that I thought I'm just going to get to it. Yeah. So I'm getting a vibe from you that you're a lot like me and that you love to talk about things that matter, but you hate small talk. 
is well, uh, I guess it depends on who I'm talking to. Why? What, what was the small talk thing here that I? Well, I no, I I think about myself because I'm going back out to the mics and stuff like that, and I'm getting to know new uh, a new comedy scene and all that kind of stuff, and I just want to go up and do my thing, and I don't want to hang. Um, I, I did a mic Sunday night and a couple guys came out from Nashville and somebody liked something I said. And, you know, it's, I guess it's like midnight and he's still talking to me about punk bands because I'm a, I'm a punk aficionado. And, and, and I'm like, ah, I, I just don't know. I, I, I just want to do my thing and go home. And do, do you ever feel like that? That you just, you just want to do your reps and and not do the hang. Uh, sh- yeah, but I mean, the hang, as crazy as it is, at the beginning is probably the most important thing. Yeah, it's not the most important thing, but it's it's a massive, massively important thing. These are the people who can help you, uh, one day, and these are the circles where people know about kind of what's going on. So. At, you can't just do your comedy and bail. We're also, I was saying this to somebody the other day too, because they told me, what was it, man? They were like, somebody came up to them and said, uh, oh, you must be so happy with, um, your late night set. And they were like, don't say that. Now, now it puts it pressure on me to be. And I just, I was like, man, you know what? As comedians, we're kind of fucking pricks, man. It's like, I'm like, <laughs> in a lot of weird ways somebody's just talking to you they're trying to be nice they're trying to connect and we're in our head of like oh i hate small talk well get fucked man walk in the ocean it's, yes. it's just as yet. it's this world is is this way uh for reasons somebody yeah. might be somebody's just trying to connect yeah in a, in a yeah in a way but, but um i do i do try to not uh just kind of be around constantly if yeah. that makes sense just sticking around to stick around um and also those people are probably uh uh younger than you and this is what they're doing yeah this is what it is right yeah and i and i do it it just it just takes a tremendous amount of energy you know and yeah and when you're 58 you don't have that much left so yeah no i i I got that but but it's uh it's yeah i don't think people are trying to be uh malicious about it it's like uh you know fuck man when you start comedy's awesome and you yeah. want to be around it as much as possible. You want to talk to the people that are doing it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can we talk about Trapped a little bit? Because no, okay. Um, you met. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I watched a few clips, and this looks absolutely hilarious. And uh, t- tell me what's behind that, because it's it's about you. And yeah, um, and I know it's uh, semi-fictional, but I I can see a lot of you in it from from what I'm seeing on the clips. Tell me about it. Uh, so I wrote, I wrote that during the pandemic, sort of just something to do. And I uh, was lucky enough to be able to get this show made. So it's basically like, I go home to visit my mom and my old boss blackmails me into working at um, the store that I walked out of years ago uh-huh. to, to be a comedian. So it's basically just me, my mom, my cousin, and and that guy. And... Um, yeah, the, the, there's a lot of back and forth with me and my mom and the woman that plays my mom in that is incredible. She's great. Uh, Trina Corcum is amazing and she has no, so if you watch that, any of those little clips and you're like, Oh man, that is my mom. 
that that it's not it's not exaggerating. Uh huh. That's who she is, and Trina just fucking nailed. Uh-huh. So so, uh, yeah. I've always uh, like some of the conversations I've had with my mom over the years. Oh, this is ridiculous. Like this is I can't. I don't know why this is, but it's funny. It's funny to me that this woman would be this cold or this fucking sharp about something that doesn't even make sense. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's right now. It's only able to be streamed in Canada. I just did the the second season of it. I got um uh so that'll be in, that'll be in Canada too. But I'm hoping to get season one uh somewhere here in the states and then two as well. So hopefully I'll be able to get you to see the whole thing at some point in time. But um, it was really fun to do, man. And it's fun to do another thing that's comedy but not stand up. It was really yeah. fun to write. Um, whatever I re- situations. Yeah, I really love the the concept of it. And uh, you know, I'm just going to start writing all the streaming services as a as an angry old man and say, I need that Nathan McIntosh show. Well, please, you know, I wouldn't stop you. But they. They would literally get a letter and uh, they don't open those fucking letters. Yeah. They don't. <laughs> the streaming services owes like $10 billion somewhere. They got yeah. a whole stack of letters of the, uh, you know, why did you cancel the show? Bring back whatever. And then over here, bills. Yeah. That's what they look at, you know, this shit over here, whatever. We got the IRS coming out for fuck's sake. Yes. Yeah. We've paid a dollar. <laughs> we've been open ten fucking years and we've never made a dollar. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um one of the things that I I like about your act is is the the energy and and we all say that, you know, or everybody says that uh, when you're a comedian you're bringing one part of yourself that's a little bit amplified on stage. Do do you feel like that's the case with you that you're taking you're taking your own angst on stage and it's that's what we're seeing we're we're seeing you pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm uh uh yeah, I mean uh, yes. I mean I'm right now I'm fucking swinging around and shit. It's yeah. you. Uh it's it's uh, it's what I do. It's it's who I am off stage, so yeah, uh, it it is it is me. I I don't know why, and I'm again I'm not against anybody that does it. I find it very hard to just stand there and quietly say jokes into a microphone. Not it's not me. It's not how I want to do it. It's not. Uh, it's just not. I don't. It doesn't. It's not my deal. Yeah, and it wouldn't work with you. It, it, it wouldn't work with the material. Yeah. It doesn't. It just doesn't. It's not who I am. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. Do you use, I think I've given. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought that's what you'd say. Um, do you use social media to help write your stuff? Because you write some really good little Facebook posts and, uh, Twitter posts and stuff like that. Do you use that to get feedback and energy and then read it back later and decide if that's going to be part of your act? Um, the Facebook stuff, I use some of that, or sometimes I put up stuff that I am kind of working on and I'll just see what, you know, if people like it or don't or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, Facebook, I just sort of 
I was like, I'm not putting anything over here and there's people over here and I like writing. So what, what am I doing? I'll just start every day trying to write something or, or again, yeah, work on something that I'm working on and see, um, and just see if, if it works, if it works, it doesn't, it doesn't. But if something works on Facebook or whatever the hell, I will probably try to use it. But if it doesn't work, I might still try it anyway because yeah. it might be a different thing in front of, um, regular people. I just like writing things. So in the morning I get up, I get a coffee and I try to put something on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great. What you've been around long enough. Um, what would you say is the best advice you ever got from another comedian or what's the worst advice you ever got? The best advice is a weird one. Uh, so I met this guy years ago. His name, he, he, everybody called him crazy. That was, that was his, they'd say he's crazy and then his name. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, he's fucking crazy. So I was doing some show with him in, uh, wherever the hell it was. And they go, you're going to work with that guy. He's crazy. He's fucked up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty young. I get there and he goes, uh, how long are you doing comedy? So four years. He goes, let me tell you something. And he stands up and I go, here we go. He's going <laughs> to some fucking bananas. He's going <laughs> to. You know, tell me one of those things of like, make sure you always wear a suit thing and well, whatever the hell. But he stands up and he goes, save 10% of everything you make. And I go, what? I go, what do you thought? I just did not think that that was going to be the thing that he said. Uh -huh. And he, um, he goes, yeah, save 10% of everything you make. He goes, nobody cares about you in this fucking business. He goes, if you shatter your leg, if you whatever, Nobody's coming. And if you can't work, you're fucked. So he goes, I'm telling you right now, hang on to some money. And I went, thanks. And uh, since that time, I have done that. I also, I went to get a bag of chips, and I'm eating it. He ripped it out of my hand. And he goes, stop eating the shit. He, and he handed me, um, <laughs> handed me a bag of uh, trail mix. Clearly what had happened with this guy. He's a guy who had been doing comedy for a long, long time and got into this point where he looked at some of the mistakes he had made mm -hmm. and generously, it might have been like, well, I didn't find it harsh, I don't, whatever, but he was like, I'm going to tell this fucking kid, you know, mm -hmm. he didn't have to, he didn't have to say anything to me. He, I wouldn't have been upset if he had literally said zero words to me, right? Yeah. But the fact that he kind of, uh, in his way, was like, hang on to some money and don't eat garbage. Fuck, man, those aren't bad that's not bad advice for a comedian when you travel all the time. And, um, yeah, if you're not working, you're not making fucking money. Yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. And then the worst advice I ever got. Oh, God. There's, uh, there's been some, um, I don't know, stuff that just might not work for me personally. If I'm doing a, a TV taping or a, or a, a comedy competition or something, people will be like, do the fucking hits. Do the stuff that fucking, like, I just can't, I, I need to put in some new-ish type thing or I can't really perform it well and I'm not, uh, I, I envy the people that can just do the same stuff. And I really mean this. I'm not, I'm not trashing. Mm -hmm. I envy the people who can do the same thing the exact same way for years and years and years. I find that fucking so hard to do. Yeah. Like, just like crazy. I need to change something about it or do something. Add some other stuff to it. I, I can't. 
it, I, I can't find the, the energy for it if it's, if it's, if I'm not feeling it. And there's some people who are like, yeah, it's do it the exact same way for years and years and years. I really find that to be a pretty fucking commendable thing. Yeah. I, I agree with, um, not doing the hits and it's not like I have hits or anything, but if I go on stage and I'm doing just my best stuff that I, that I know is going to work, I don't put near as much energy into it as if I'm doing tried and true bookending, uh, tried and true bookends around something that's new. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do better at the stuff that I know is good. If I know that I'm going to try something new in the middle of it. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's what kind of what I'm talking about. So, I mean, that's not even like the worst advice, uh, but it's just advice that doesn't necessarily work for me. I can't even, I can't think of any like horrific advice that's been, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of just bad, it's mostly just stuff that wouldn't necessarily work for you. You know, sometimes mm. when, when comedians are talking to you and they're telling you to do something, it's because that's how they would do it. Right. Even with jokes, they'd be like, I'd add this tag. And you go, yes, you would. Yeah. You, you would. I, I wouldn't. That's, that's it. That's it. If you had this joke, this is where you would go with it. That's not where I would go with it. Yeah. 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 Dig it. Dig it. Um, so we are, we're at my favorite part of the, uh, podcast where we do, uh, something cool that I don't have a sound or anything for yet. It's called, is this anything? Is this anything? Um, and it's where we each bring a joke or premise and we just talk it out a little bit and, uh, maybe get some tags and say if it's a winner or a loser. Um, since you're the guest, you get to, uh, choose who goes first. Uh, you. Okay. I got to bring out my notes because I haven't done this one in a while. This is like an old joke that, um, I'm going to try to bring back. Um, yeah. So the, uh, the world's definitely a strange place these days. We used to make fun of doomsday preppers. We don't do that anymore. It used to be, did you hear about Jeremy? He's got a bunker. He thinks it's going to be, he thinks we're going to have world war three or something. He's got like three years of food in there. Now it's, did you hear about Jeremy? He's got a bunker. He's totally ready for world war three and he lost Mm -hmm. custody of his kids. So we've got two spots available. Let's have Jeremy over for dinner. That's it. That's funny. There's definitely, uh, there's definitely legs to this in terms of, yeah, man, the world seems to be, uh, every once in a while, it seems to be, it seems to be ending more now than it did years ago. Yeah. And there's like people now more talk about the world. I mean, there's always been people talking about the end of the world, but it seems to be more now and for more reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to just like, Hey, we reached a number on a calendar. Now there's like war, water, heat, yeah, te- um, fucking viruses, uh, bu- bu- you know, a, a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, I definitely think there's fucking legs to that, and you should keep working on it. Good, good, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. That's and that's one I did. It's, I mean, it may be I, I had hair the last time I did it, so it's it's been that's a while. Fun. But I think it's it. It's something that I just put away and I, I'm like, yeah, I could probably fit that because it's kind of fitting yeah. my current theme a little bit more. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think legitimately before I got on here, I looked at Twitter and uh, I think Doomsday was trending. Doomsday clock. Okay. Trending. 
right now. Doomsday Clock. There you go. Well, I'm doing a mic so, tonight. I'll bring that one out tonight then since it's trending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a, that's definitely a thing that you can, uh, work on, use, do whatever that, um, you could, I mean, there's so much stuff you can add to that. You know, there's so many, so many ways you can build on that. Um, no, that's definitely something you should keep working on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been thinking about like, you know, um, like I'm talking to my wife about it and she's like, well, what kind of food do they have? You know, uh, you know, what kind of freeze dried shit do they have? Because, I don't know if I even want to live if I have to eat, uh, you know, pork and beans for three years, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got a few more tags that I'm thinking about on that. Well, I appreciate Stuff they that. they have down there too, like entertainment wise, like what, what are they going to do for the next? Yeah. 20 years. Like, you know what I mean? All, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, what is in the bunker? And it, yes, is it worth, is it worth it? Or yeah. should you just go, I had a good run. <laughs> Let's eat. <laughs> Let me check out. Yeah, 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 that's funny. There's a lot of stuff there for sure. You see me as a as a red haired person avoiding the sun. Yes. My skincare, I'm viciously burnt. I have yes. to go right. So ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So you have anything? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a thing that I I I didn't get enough time whatever i didn't figure out enough in time for for the special mm. but the idea that like uh there's a stereotype about older people that they love the bank they're just always in the bank and i don't think that's true i think older people hate the bank but they're the only people that have the time to read the agreements that they signed for this checking account savings account whatever and they see how bad they're being fucked and they have the time to go down there and that's why they're in there early waiting to get to the teller to tell this person you've been stealing from me it's 25 fucking years and i'm wearing i will sit here until i talk to any manager i got a pocket full of worthers i'm wearing two diapers i will be here until somebody answers these questions uh. <laughs> and i mean i could do more stuff with it but um Anyways, it was a thought I had that I, I didn't get I didn't get fully worked out to put into this. Thing. Yeah, I like that. That's that's definitely got legs. And you can that's another one you can build on about yeah. how old people are always taking up other people's time, like, you know, writing a check at the grocery store and telling their life story during the whole writing process. And and mm -hmm. and I mean, you could you could uh, you could add all the institutions that old people go to like they always go inside at mcdonald's i do i always go inside of mcdonald's yeah and i never drive to fuck the drive-thru i go in i park in a spot and i walk in the building uh, i'm not eating my fucking food in the parking lot like a seagull <laughs> the only difference between you and a seagull is you have music yes it's the same <laughs> deal i'm going into the building i uh, hate the drive-thru <laughs> Most of the time, it's not faster either. No, no, it 100 isn't. That's that's funny. That, that that's good. They have so, a bathroom in the building, for God's sake. There's yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. That that's definitely got legs. You could you could uh, you could do five minutes on that one. I think you could. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah, you could really you could really take that a lot of different ways. Just on what old people do and how they act mm -hmm. yeah well i actually that's funny that you said that because i I'm, I'm i am working on this thing about how we hate the elderly and i find it 
disgusting. And I couldn't even talk about that. Like, cause I like the idea of them writing a check and telling their life story. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What is the big rush that everybody's in to get where to do what? So we can all sit at home covered in butter. Let this cocksucker still keep some sort of humanity going. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Um, either way, I'll work on these things, uh, today. You do the same. Yeah, I, I will. I will. Um, so the, the special is Money Never Wakes and it's, uh, available on YouTube. It's very easy to find. I searched it several different ways, but if you type in Nathan McIntosh, it's the first video that pops up. So folks. Awesome. I, I asked you to watch it for homework, but if you haven't watched it yet, watch it or watch it again because it's really good. Watch um, it again? Yes. <laughs> it's like the Batman. You have to see it twice. That's right. The, uh, no, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. I really it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, where can folks find you on all the socials? Uh, if they, Well, if they check in there, all the links are in there, but Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, it's all at Nathan McIntosh. Okay. Excellent. Well, this yeah. is, this is a big one for me. Like I said at the intro, you're, you're one of those guys that you, you're, you're always in my top five. And, uh, oh, I appreciate that. and, and I think that, uh, you're one of the best ones working around. And I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. It's been really, really good for me. Um, Scott, this is great, man. I really, uh, thank you for reaching out and I'm, I'm happy I could do it. And, uh, thank you, man. Seriously. Thank you. I really appreciate you.